Hey everyone, welcome to the Hustle with Heart podcast. This is Erin Harrigan, the Hustle with Heart coach and your host for the podcast tailor-made for women who want to bridge faith and business to experience grace over grind, surrender over self-reliance, peace over perfection, and focus and fulfillment over frustration and FOMO. If you're wondering if it's even possible to do all that and still build a thriving business, the answer is yes. In this podcast, I'll bring you practical tips and godly insights so you can do just that. Plus, we'll have some great guests and a whole lot of fun together. If that sounds like you, you're in the right place. And if you're ready to pursue success God's way, let's get started. Hey, friends, welcome back to the podcast. Before we get into this week's episode, I have an exciting announcement for you. Are you an ambitious woman of faith in business for whom hustle just comes naturally because that's how God made you? Have you had success, but you're just feeling unfulfilled, or maybe you're feeling overwhelmed like you have to do it all yourself, or maybe overachievement tends to be how you operate, but it is overrunning your life. Well, it is time that we redefine hustle and get to the fundamentals of pursuing success God's way. And you can do that in the upcoming Hustle with Heart live course, September 20th through November 1st. Now listen, the waiting list is now open. Registration will open on September 1st, but being on the waiting list means you're at the front of the line and you get to register for the course 48 hours before anyone else and take advantage of some special bonuses that I have just for the waiting list. So go to erinharrigan.com forward slash course waiting list or check the show notes for the link. You don't want to miss this opportunity to dig into the fundamentals of learning to pursue success God's way. And this may be a review for you if you feel like you already know how to do it, but I promise you we are going to uncover some business basics in the Bible that are going to help you redefine hustle and pursue success God's way. So don't miss it. Go to erinharrigan.com forward slash course waiting list or go to the show notes. All right, let's get to today's episode. Hey friends, welcome back to the podcast. It is the end of August. I cannot believe it. It's August 30th. And hey, super quick, this is the last week for you to get on the waiting list for the Hustle with Heart course because next Monday, September 6th, Registration is going to open for waiting list members only, plus the exclusive bonuses that I have for them. So get over to erinharrigan.com forward slash course waiting list because uh, this is your last week to get in on that. All right, let's get into the last of our series on the struggle is real. And this week we're talking about the biggie. Now, listen, I think all of these topics that we've covered are major topics. We talked about the struggle is real with hustle and how, you know, God didn't call us to hustle, but we know that that word is out there and there is a good definition of hustle to work energetically and with purpose, but um, we need to redefine that if we're going to pursue success God's way. And then we talked about the struggle is real with feeling overwhelmed and our need to put boundaries in place and to allow God to be in charge because he already is anyway, and allow him to guide us through. We talked about last week, the um, struggle of overachievement, 
somewhere. Uh, definitely struggle with that one. I'm raising my hand if you're watching me on YouTube. And this week we're talking about the struggle of under fulfillment. So, so what do I mean by this? Well, taking you back in my story, driver, striver, achievement chaser my whole life. When I hit this wall in October, 2014, it felt like I woke up and I thought, this is it. Like, this is what this success thing is supposed to be. It doesn't look like as much as I thought it would in my bank account. And I'm driving this luxury company car, but it just doesn't feel good. It felt like I just kept trying to shove more things and achievement and recognition and title and promotion and blah, all the stuff into this hole. And it was a black hole. Like it was never filling. And when I had the conversation with my mentor, whom I call the velvet hammer in my book, that's exactly what I said to her. I said, I feel like I've hit this wall where I'm successful yet I'm not fulfilled. And like, this is not what I thought it would be. And I think that when we go into business, especially as women, like we have very specific why that we do it. You know, maybe we want financial freedom. We want to bring in additional income for our families, or we want to call the shots. We want to be in charge. We want time freedom. That was my reason why I became an entrepreneur in 2010. You know, we want more flexibility. We want all of these things, but we're haunted by, or, or maybe um, the the noise is so loud that it drowns out our wisdom from the Lord, because the world says, you got to want more. You got to want to be more. You got you to want to have more. And if you're not going for more, like there's something wrong with you. And I can remember so many times sort of going, oh, these people who work a full-time job, I mean, like, why would they want to do that? Like totally judgmental. And um, you know what? Entrepreneurship is not for everybody. And guess what? More importantly, it's not our job to judge. It's just not. But there is this current that I see in women, especially women of faith, Christian women in business, that those dreams were promised are just not coming true or not the way we thought, or we thought it was going to feel this amazing and I get to walk the stage or I get to have a promotion or whatever it is, but yet we're still unfulfilled and we're still striving for more because we're unfulfilled. Now I call this underfulfilled because um, in some ways it can feel a little bit fulfilling, but it's not this full, rich, joyful fulfillment that only comes from the Lord because he is our portion, right? The word tells us that. So we're going to dig into this this week. I'm going to take some, um, take us to some different scriptures in the Old Testament, in the New Testament, um, and not as you know, my intention is never to take scripture out of context. I simply want to bring it forward in its meaning and think, how does this apply to business, right? That's what I'm here to do as your hustle with heart coach. So first and foremost, I want to start in um, in Psalms and I want to go to 3410. So you're going to hear me rifling through my Bible and put my glasses on. So if you're watching this on YouTube, you can see I got my glasses on now, but um in Psalm 3410, it says, the young lions lack and suffer hunger, but those who seek the Lord shall lack, shall not lack any good thing. It starts with seeking. We know in Matthew 633, Jesus says, Seek first the kingdom of God, and the things that you need will be given. Like God always provides, right? 
but those who seek shall lack no good thing, but we've got to be seeking him. So the question is, what are we seeking, right? Is it the Lord or is it something different? So now I'm really going to shake things up here and I am going to go to, let me find it. Uh, I'm going to go to Hosea. I hope I'm saying that right. Uh, Let me find my post-it note. Hello, where are you? Here it is. Okay, I'm going to go to Hosea. So let me give you a little bit of background here. So Hosea is a prophet and um, he is um, married to and in love with Gomer, um, whom he loved faithfully, provided for her consistently, invited her to a safe and fulfilling relationship. However, Gomer was never satisfied with that. So she went to find more lovers. And um, listen, if you thought that the Bible didn't have some racy stuff in it, I'm here to tell you, it does. So um, what was it that she was seeking? So so scripture tells us, um, and this is from my Charles Stanley Life Principles Bible, where he says, scripture tells us the reason behind her And all of Israel's adultery, in other words, putting idols above the Lord, you know, being unfaithful to the Lord, not being obedient to the Lord, is that um, she says, I will go after my lovers who give me my bread and my water, my wool and my linen, my oil and my drink. In other words, she was looking for someone else to satisfy her needs rather than God. And isn't that the truth about Israel, right? So you know, Israel's going through the desert and Moses leaves to go up to talk to God and he comes down and they're having this whole feast and festival and they've churned all of their jewelry into this golden calf that they're, you know, worshiping, right? Like nothing was never, nothing was ever enough. And the same is true in our world. And this is truly the definition of, um, it's a definition of arrogance where we think we know better than the Lord. It's also a definition of pride. It's an idolatry, but it's like this insatiable, thirst and hunger when God is truly our fulfillment. And so that, that happens to us whenever we seek more outside of him, whenever we seek more to meet the deep longings that we have. So this is what, this is what he says. Um, And let's ask ourselves this question. What is it that we look to for significance, acceptance, and worth? Is it a title? Is it a bigger house? Is it a luxury car? Is it walking on the stage? Is it the promotion? Is it the dollars? All of those things where we seek our significance. So that under fulfillment that happens when we're pursuing success our way and not leaving room for God to be our business partner, that under fulfillment is the result of us trying to fill a God-shaped hole. And for me, if you read my book or you can get chapter one free on my website, um, that was surely my story my whole life because I wanted more. I wanted more money. I wanted more stuff for me because I didn't grow up with those things and because that's where I put my worth and my identity. And we talked last week about overachievement and um, you know the power of I am and how knowing who we are and whose we are makes all the difference in teaching us to pursue success God's way. So 
Dr. Stanley finishes this up. Um, this is Hosea 2.14. And he says, yet God says to us, as he did to Gomer, behold, I will allure her, will bring her into the wilderness and speak comfort to her. Only God can truly satisfy the hunger that is in our heart. Only God can fulfill us. Now, we also talked last week about, um, or, or the last couple of ep- episodes, you know, that that good works are not necessarily God works. And that oftentimes we have a lot of really good choices and serving and, and walking out our business and making kingdom impact. And we can feel really, really good about that. The challenge is, is that what fuels us? Is that what fuels us? Versus doing what we do to glorify God. I'm not discounting the fact that you need to make money. I'm not discounting the fact that, you know, that going for a promotion or a new title or those things, like there's nothing wrong for wanting to do those things. The question is, where do we make those our idol? And where do we only find our fulfillment in that? Because here's the deal. If we're finding our fulfillment only there, then when our business is up, we feel incredible. And when it's down, we feel awful. When it's going our way, we feel incredible. But if God redirects us, how do we feel about that? Right? Yeah. Tricky, tricky stuff. The next place that I want to take us is Ezekiel. So I told you I was going to take you to some different scriptures this week. So this is Ezekiel 25, 6, and 7. And this is what it says. For thus says the Lord God, because you clapped your hands, stamped your feet and rejoiced in heart with all your disdain for the land of Israel. Indeed, therefore, I will stretch out my hand against you and give you as plunder to the nations. I will cut you off from the peoples and I will cause you to perish from the countries. I will destroy you and you shall know that I am God. This is his proclamation against Ammon, um, who was, who was, uh, trying to take over the Israelites. Look, I don't know the whole story. So, and I'm not trying to take this out of context. I just want to say that, but I I just want to read, just reading these couple of things. So this is what, um, this is what Dr. Charles Stanley says. This is one of his life's lessons. So if you're watching this on YouTube, this is the life principles Bible. This is the Bible that my mentor, the velvet hammer gave me when I accepted Christ in October, 2014, it was incredibly generous gift thank you. You know who you are. Um, and throughout this, he has, I think it's 25 life principles and all of the scriptural references. And this, this Bible is well-worn in the last almost five years that I've had it. He has 30 life principles. Um, so this one is whatever you acquire outside of God's will will eventually turn to ashes. And I've heard it said, what you create outside of God's will, you'll have to maintain outside of God's will, which means you'll have to do it all on your own. And boy, doesn't that cause some overwhelm and overachievement, right? So this is what Dr. Stanley says about this. Some people think that God's refusal to grant them some cherished wish would be the worst thing that could ever happen to them. They believe it will truly, they will truly be disappointed and devastated if that desire does not come to fruition. So they pursue their desire, either in opposition to God's will or in disregard of it and end up truly disappointed. 
this goes on to talk about this idea of enoughness in the world um, and sort of this insatiable desire for more. So he quotes G.K. Chesterton, and he says, there are two ways to get enough. One is to accumulate more and more, and the other is to desire less. One is to accumulate more and more. One is to desire less. So while you can always collect additional possessions, relationships, and achievements, there will always be room for more. And when there's room for more, there's room for wanting more. The cycle never ends. So here's the thing. I am not telling you that you should not desire to do more for the Lord, to be more reverent for the Lord, to be more obedient, to grow into whom he's made you to be. And I don't think that you should shrink back in fear of the Lord, that if you go and do and take action and et cetera, that, um, that he will chastise you. I don't believe that as Christians, we are meant to be, um, you know, living in, in, in poverty or that we shouldn't want to earn money because money itself is not the issue. It's our love of money. That's the issue. But it's all about where we're wrapping our identity, like we talked about last week, and what what we're defining as fulfillment. And so for many of us, we define fulfillment as that success, and that success is measured and expressed in the money and the titles and the recognition and those kinds of things. But again, what this is reminding us is that as we enter into relationship with the Lord, our goals change, the way we look at our circumstances change. When we, when we give ourselves to Jesus, the way we view business and the way we do business changes, it changes. And so then therefore our fulfillment is not tied to the stuff and the achievements. And it's only when we tie it up to those things that we experience this under fulfillment. So, so how do we how do we come out of this? Like, what do we do to ensure that we are not wrapping ourselves into those things so that we can truly experience fulfillment that God has intended for us to have? Well, hang on tight because I'm going to get there in just a second. The next place that I want to take us is Amos. I told you, I'm taking you all over the place in this episode. So this is Amos six. And I love this. Uh, I talked about this recently on one of my daily dose lives. If you don't follow me on Facebook, go do that. Cause it's kind of funny. I do these daily dose lives. And sometimes I'm in my PJs and my bedhead when I do that. Um, but this reminds me of the 38 special song. Hold on loosely. I'm not going to sing it for you. Go look it up if you don't know what that is, but this is what he says in Amos. So this is Amos six. And um, this this is entitled "Warnings to Zion and Samaria." So these are these are the warnings that Amos is delivering, and it says, "Anoint yourselves with the best ointments, and yet not grieved for the affliction of Joseph." Let me back up. Where am I? Six, six, and seven. So this says, let me let me go back. Woe to you who are at ease in Zion. This is one. And trust in Mount Samaria, notable persons in the chief nation to whom the house of Israel comes 
And it goes on to say, those woe to you who are put off the day of doom, who cause the seed of violence to come near, who lie on beds of ivory and stretch out on your couches and eat lambs from the flocks and calves from the midst of the stall, who sing idly in the sound of string, to the sound of string instruments and invent for yourselves musical instruments like David, who drink from bowls and anoint yourselves with the best ointments, but yet are not grieved <clears throat> for the affliction of Joseph. Therefore, they shall now go captive as the first captives, and those who recline at banquets shall be removed. So it's sort of talking about like those of you in Zion and Samaria who are like, oh, I'm just going to live my life the way I want to live, and I'm not, I'm not going to be paying attention to the Lord. I'm so enamored of prosperity, it says, that the Israelites were, that they forgot God. They became prideful in their affluence and their victories, military victories. They believed they didn't need God. I don't need God. I got this. And I think there's there's two ways that we do that. We're like, no, Lord, you're so busy. I got this. Or, well, I don't need God. Like, I know how to build this business. I'm just going to go do it. Right? And then we find ourselves unfulfilled and unwilling to give up what he asks us to give up to follow him. So this is what he says. Anything that you hold too tightly, you will lose. Hmm. So um, he quotes a church leader, Francois Fenelon, Fenelon, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, um, who wrote a letter of encouragement to believers. And it says, don't worry about the future. It makes no sense to worry if God loves you and is taking care of you. However, when God blesses you, remember to keep your eyes on him and not the blessing. Enjoy your blessings day by day, just as the Israelites enjoyed their manna, but do not try to store the blessings for the future. Sometimes in this life of faith, God will remove his blessings from you. People, that is so how I was feeling in 2014 when I was doing, 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 and he was pruning, pruning, pruning. But remember that he knows how and when to replace them. The same God who feeds you today is the very God who will feed you tomorrow. God will see to it that manna falls again from heaven in the midst of the desert before his children lack any good thing. Mm. But here's the thing. We want to control it all. And we think that if we plan it well and we do the work, surely it will all work out. No, if we're obedient and we have faith in Lord and in the Lord and we take the step of trust, he works it out for his good and his glory. So are we gripping earthly security and therefore trying to find fulfillment there? Like that is the point here of what Dr. Charles Stanley, I believe is saying about this Amos passage and that God will not allow us to keep the idol. My business was an idol. My business was going to be my savior. And he was like, mm, I'm done with that because I have a bigger, better yes for you. And I'm going to need you to shift. And sometimes when we have success and unfulfillment, it's because he's shifting us into a different direction. So he, he wants us to release ourselves into his mighty grip because he can hold all of the world. We don't have to hold it all on our shoulders and we can find our fulfillment solely in him. All right, I'm gonna take us one more place and then I'm gonna give you a couple of tips. So I'm going to 1 Timothy Chapter six, verses six and seven. 
So this is talking about error and greed and feeling contentment. And here's what this says. Now, godliness with contentment is great gain for we brought nothing into this world and it is certain we can carry nothing out. Obedience always brings blessing. It just might look different than we expected. So when we submit to his will and find all of our joy, our contentment, our fulfillment in him, we have more joy and more peace than the world could ever offer because the world is temporal. It's shifting sands. We will never find fulfillment in those things because it's ever changing. For those of you maybe who have been in sales, there's a saying, you're only as good as your last number. And it's true. So you can't find fulfillment in achieving the goal because then guess what you do? You're like, oh, got to reach the next goal. And we, we characterize that as not allowing ourselves to celebrate, not giving ourselves pause and grace and rest to celebrate our achievement. But I wonder if it's really because that black hole of unfulfillment is pulling us further and further down. So we have to keep reaching for more and more and more to fill the God-shaped hole that we have. So if we see God as our sole provider, then we can grow content knowing that he will provide. And then we, the opposite is true, that we grow discontent when we focus on what we think the world can bring us. So much of this restlessness, this unfulfillment comes from desiring what we think we look around and see and other people's success and other people's sort of green grass, if you will. So what are two ways that we can work through this this unfulfillment? I know it's cliche to say, but I'm going to start with gratitude. How are we showing gratitude to the Lord? I don't just mean writing in our gratitude journal or writing five things we're grateful for, but like, are we really noticing his creation and his miracles all around us? Like, are we stopping not just to smell the roses as the cliche says, but like, are we truly being grateful for the new day ahead for his mercies being fresh and new? So how are we showing up with that gratitude? And then the second thing is, I think we've got to take inventory of where we're putting our expectations of fulfillment. Are we, are we being fulfilled by the Lord? Are we being fulfilled by working toward the Lord instead of man? Are we being fulfilled by knowing that we're working, walking in the purpose that he's given us with this vehicle of our business? Or are we only fulfilled when we achieve the goal and only fulfilled when we reach the title and only fulfilled when we have the money or the the car or the house or or whatever that is because that is that that last piece of learning to pursue success God's way is finding that fulfillment in him. Ooh, I know. I'm kind of ending on a little bit of a heavy note, but I'm hoping that I'm giving you something to think about because You know, yeah, we have a lot of fun on this podcast. We have incredible guests, but I really, really want it to provide value to you, to give you something to think about and something to pray over. So pray over that. And I want to hear about it. Share on DM, um, DM me on social, email me, share this podcast, please. Um, But most of all, remember this, that our pursuit of success, God's way, the process of that, which we call hustle with heart is really kind of four main components. It's God, how he defines 
success and how he defines us, right? It's how he directs us, the direction that he gives us, the steps that he gives us, the path that he gives us, right? And then it's our discipline. So how do we take what he's defined and what he's directed and how do we put that into action in a disciplined way? And then how do we take all of that and the learnings to, to continue the loop, if you will, to develop and to evolve and to refine, um, to apply those learnings and continue to go around deepening the definition and being more obedient to the direction and putting it into discipline and continuing to develop. If you think of it as, you know, just this ongoing circle, um, we're going to touch on some of that next week, but I'm really curious what you think. So let me know. And um, thanks for hanging in. I know this, this idea of the struggle is real. I know you all are feeling those struggles. I feel those struggles. That's why I wanted to address them. And I want to remind you one more time. This is the last week to get on the waiting list for the course. We're going to really dig deep into these principles over seven weeks um, from September into uh, the beginning of November. And um, I cannot wait to be there with you. So get on that waiting list today. All right, everybody. See ya. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Hustle with Heart podcast. I pray it brings you value as you build a business with God as your most powerful business partner. Listen, I get so excited about your shout outs to the podcast on social media. So when you shout out, please tag me. You can follow me on Facebook as the Hustle with Heart coach and on Instagram as Aaron Harrigan Entrepreneur. For all things Hustle with Heart, visit AaronHarrigan.com and pick up your free copy of chapter one of my book, Pursuing Success God's Way, a practical guide to hustle with heart. I'm praying for you, friend, that you'll experience the joy of pursuing success God's way in your business and that it will produce much fruit and impact His kingdom in greater ways than you could ever imagine. 